Welcome to the Maggie Williams Podcast, where we discuss hunting, travel, and outdoor adventures. Proudly sponsored by Rolling Thunder Game Calls, the sound of a new generation. Sponsored by Tacovas, handmade men's and women's cowboy boots and fine western wear. Don't go gently. And only one brand fuels the most sporting dog champions, which is why Kate's hunting season is fueled by Purina Pro Plan. What's going on, y'all? And welcome to another episode of the Maggie Williams Podcast. Woo! I'm so excited for this guest, y'all, because it's a funny story. The very first podcast I was ever on as a guest was none other than the Lauren Brady Podcast. Woohoo! What's up, Maggie? How are you? I'm so good. I'm better now that I'm sitting here with you. Yeah, we got our little heater going, so maybe we, our jaws won't... And we'll be able to talk and, you know, just hanging out in a shop. Seems... Very on brand for the two of us. Just girls being girls. That is exactly what we said before we got started on this podcast. Just girls being girls. We've ate at the local cafe. It was delicious. It was. Great chicken tenders. I was just telling Grant that I would like to go on a tour of the cafes in every small town in the South. Okay. Maybe a TV show. You know, I feel like Guy Fury kind of did that with his restaurant. I love that. But let's make it real local and highlight the best cafes will rank them because i mean there's some good ones out there what's one of your favorite hen house and piggot yep fabulous uh piggot diner also piggot diner also incredible have you ever ate at the hurley house where in hazen it's a little down south for us the hurley house she's a pretty good one right there when you hit um i don't know my street names there but before you go to stuttgart it's going to be north of stuttgart in a little town called hazen Honestly, I think I remember you bringing this up when we were duck hunting last year. Yep, you were I dying defi- to go. Yep. We should make... That's what I'm saying. That's why we need the cafe tour. Okay. <laughs> up next, well, first of all, we have to go to the McDougal store, which is just a gas station in McDougal. Never even heard of that town. It's fire. <laughs> it's fire. It's in Clay County. It's right where I'm from. Okay. Yeah, it's so good. Okay, I've got a couple good ones up there in the SIP. When we do some turkey hunting, we'll stop it and get a good fried bologna sandwich and... You know, make a list of who's got the best of the best. That's just another reason that you would get along with my cousin, Weston Horner. I keep on <laughs> saying I have to introduce you. He's one of my best friends in the world, but he is a fried bologna enthusiast. Okay. You, also, you like a thick piece of fried bologna or kind of thin? I'm not a bologna girl. <laughs> I, you will never see me. That is country. <laughs> that is fried bologna sandwich. No, girl. I'm You're a, out on that one? I'm out on that. No, okay, I'm, that's fair. I'm from North Arkansas, but I'm from Piggott. You know, we're the county seat. <laughs> We're uppity folks now. <laughs> We're uppity folks now. <laughs> but now the folks from McDougal, like Weston, yeah, he'll he'll eat a bologna sandwich. That's right. Now I'm out. My dad will get pork rinds and, you oh, know. Oh, I love a pork rind. Yeah, I like pork rinds, but that's kind of country with a K. That is country with a K. That's okay, though. <laughs> so I have posted on my Instagram story a Q&A for you and I, basically just to recap our duck season. But the number one question I have gotten is where did we hunt? And I just keep telling folks, first rule of Fight Club, 
is you don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> you do not. Like, sometimes I think the duck world and where people hunt is more of a secrecy than the presidential election. I mean... 100%. 100%. Like, you... that I remember my father telling me, we're going to have to blindfold you when we go in here. I'm like, blindfold me? I'm like, I'm eight. I'll never forget. This was probably, I don't know, 18. I think Trip Hodges was there with me that morning, actually. Several years ago, we were hunting a hole that you can see from Google Maps. (laughs) It is Whenever you talk about this WMA, everyone brings up this hole. Anyway, and these boys said, all right, turn in your phones and close your eyes. (laughs) And we used to need a place to duck hunt. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, here you go, whatever. So we close our eyes and we've got our, our face mask pulled up over our eyes during this, you know, this boat run. And uh, we get to the hole and I said, wait, is this? And I named the <laughs> hole. Is this where I think we are? And they were like, oh, dang it. We thought this was a secret. Anyway. <sighs> Not a secret. Not a secret. We did kill some ducks in there, though. So. We have talked about, and you and I have talked about it, but just how much technology has changed finding a hole. And, you know, you think it was some secret hole, but... Man, they just got on their map and looked at it too. There, you know, there are no, yeah, there are no secrets, uh-uh. no secrets. <laughs> but now we were scouting for opener, and we'd found some ducks that uh, were pretty hush hush. And uh, we got a message from a guy that had not been to Arkansas yet all year, and he said, "Uh, hey, uh, I was on my Onyx. Do you think there's any ducks in this hole?" <laughs> it's slap full of mallards. <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe these ducks aren't so hush-hush after all. Right. So, that's a funny story. And just a random holy was looking at us on his Onyx. It's crazy what technology. My dad tells this story. He was telling it at Thanksgiving, I'll tell you. He uh, he was down in Cotton Plant. We can drop the name because private land, family farm. That's right. He's down in Cotton Plant. He was deer hunting. This was 10, 15, 20 years ago. And he said that uh, he told himself in that you know, soggy bottom down there, kind of bowed to view. He said, just walk straight. He left the truck. He knew the truck was behind him. Walk straight. He said, you get down there and you make, you know, you kind of walk towards the right because cypress knees go around this tree. And uh, he comes up on a field and he's like, okay, okay. And uh, he sees what he thought was a truck, a building. He don't know. He said he dropped down on his stomach and he was laying there and he kind of crawled up like, Oh, man, I didn't come up on somebody deer hunting, somebody else. There's somebody's truck up there. And he kind of crawled up, and he said he looked through his binoculars. He said, man, that's my truck. I done made a circle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> he said, and we were talking, you know, naturally, if you're right-handed or left-handed, like whatever dominant hand you are, that's the direction you kind of lean towards walking. Interesting. Whether you realize it or not, you know, you'll go around a tree to the right. I'm right-hand dominant. I'll probably walk around a tree to the right. I thought that was kind of crazy. It is crazy. But he said he just got to walking and was going around cypress knees and trees. And next thing you know, he was lost. And I was like, that doesn't happen today because people's technology and their phones. He was like, oh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. LB. That <laughs> happened to us literally last week. <laughs> That's because we were trying to be woodsmen and not get our phones out. We were just walking. That's Well, first of all, we were hunting a place that I have cut my teeth in. It's the only place... I've actually been on the record so many times saying it's the only place I can hunt without a map. Yeah. yeah bull, bull crap, Maggie. That is not true. Um, well, because we were going in a different way than I have gone in all my entire life. And so I was just a little disoriented. But anyway. Exactly. 
Sometimes you get and it's dark, man. Everything looks a little different in the dark. It, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Everything does look different in the dark. And but, with low water. That's uh, yeah. I typically am not in there when it's super dry. Right. So very true. But uh, we and Lauren have been hunting together pretty heavily the first split. We have, and I hope we continue it through the rest of duck season. I know we will because towards the holiday season we slow down and really kind of get together. Absolutely. I feel like the first split we both busy working, but got in hunting when we could and. Oh, I'm, a I'm lot doing together. I pulled it. I pulled every day of the first split. I'm trying to Did pull you? 60. I missed two the first split. But that's still impressive. That is, man. You're a working woman, right? And I was thinking the other day, like first split, I usually miss everything except for the weekends, just right. because it's Thanksgiving, Black Friday, a little busy, and only missed two days. I was, I'm proud. So you're going for sixty this year? I am. I went for sixty in 2020. And I only made it to 56. That's still that's that's hard. It's hitting hard. Yeah. But I, I will brag on Lauren for a second, y'all. Um, I, I've been kind of running around with some hard hunting boys this year. And uh, the rule is, if you want to hunt with this group, you have to be able to run a boat, a call, or a camera. And Lauren does all three. So <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, she does all three very well. So I love hunting with LB. And she's a lot of fun. Uh, but one day, this one, one of the few days of the split that we, uh, I'm sorry, of the first split, that uh, we did not hunt together. We have a very interesting story. I'd yeah, love to tell, tell you. me about this because I don't. I think I filmed this morning. That was Monday. No, I don't remember. Anyways, Maggie and I didn't hunt together, and she texts me and she's like, "Do I have a story to tell you?" Yes. And usually when we text each other like that, it's some tea, like sugared up tea. <laughs> this actually was not tea. I know, and she's like, "It was an amazing morning." I'm like, "Oh, please tell me about it." Like, I love a good story, yeah. and she's like, "It's gonna wait for the podcast." So, I still haven't heard this story. So, LB did hunt this morning, but what happened was, we were supposed to hunt with you. And so, I think you yep. slept in and you went somewhere else. That's exactly what happened. We were supposed to meet you because you had the pen. Well, <laughs> I had the location. <laughs> we don't have the pen. And we're hunting somewhere, it's like two hours south of where I hunt. And so, I was disoriented, whatever. And like, it's 530 and you're texting me. And I'm like, oh, I'm already in a hole. You don't know where I'm at, but we're here. Yep. We're, we're, it's like 345, and we are just running around trying to find a boat ramp, and we're kind of panicking, and by the time 4 o'clock rolls around, it's like 405, uh, we just find a lonesome boat ramp. and it's a, a, a boat ramp is a generous statement to call it. Okay. This area, you know, you, just, you kind of <laughs> It's back a kayak off. ramp. <laughs> One yeah. of those. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, we find this ramp, and uh, we're getting the boat in, and uh, anyway... There's a bunch of trucks on the other side of the road, and we cannot find where they put in. But we can tell that the water on this side doesn't really connect to the water on that side. So we're like, man, there's either there's a reason that all those trucks are over there. So it's right. either it's either a good thing that we're here, or it's a bad thing. And there's no ducks, but we're gonna risk it because we don't even know where we're at or what we're doing. Right. We came to meet Lauren, and she was asleep. It's okay. It's <laughs> it right. happens. It, it happens. It does happen. Yep. So I was like, okay, well, whatever. We back it, I rode in, and uh, before long, we have another truck that pulls up. It's an older little truck, and a boy backs out of it. He's by himself, and Tripp gets out of the boat, and he offers to help him put his boat in. Because it's not, the boat, by the way, is not in a trailer. It's a John boat in the tailgate of this truck. Oh, we love a John boat in the bed of the truck. Yes, it is in the bed of the truck, and there's no motor on it. So, he's paddling. And, first of all, I'm just, in my mind, I'm thinking... Please invite him to hunt with us. Right. Because, I mean, these are the people, a lot of times they'll go in, they'll kill their four and come out. Yeah. So, I was like, all right, come on. Well, uh, 
Trip invites him to hunt, asks him first, like, hey, man, do you hunt here? And he's like, yeah. And he said, well, if it's just you by yourself, you can come hunt with us. Well, it's me, Kate, in the boat, and now this young man. And I'm telling you, Lauren, he was one of the most polite, kind boys I've ever met. He's like 19, straight out of high school. He's in welding school, I believe. But um, he tells me, yeah, I hunt here all the time. Well, he was so funny. First of all, we get to the hole, and it's like a 500-yard run from the boat ramp. Okay, not bad. Yeah. It, oh, it, that was his first time being in a boat with a motor. Yeah. Like, just any duck boat, tiller handle. He had his John boat with his paddle. So, he's in a very nice boat and just yeah. Oh, he, he loved wa- it. He walks up to the motor as we're getting in the boat, and he's like, GTR. And he, goes, <laughs> he goes, this is my first time in a real duck boat. And my heart just kind of sank. Yeah. It like, just makes you take it. Like, that's a, to me, I want to slap myself in the face and be like, you just jump in this boat all the time and don't even think about it. And there's this 19 year old boy that's never even touched one. I felt so grateful right then and there because, I mean, yeah, up until I was probably 14 or 15, we did run exclusive jump boats, but they always had a motor on the back. You know, and uh, I was just very. Well, there also weren't boats like there are today back then, you know? That's true. I remember first time my dad got like an 18 foot sea arc i was like whoa like whoa Y'all were doing yeah. something. <laughs> we, we were headed to the lake and going crappie fishing right yeah so but, it was good so we get to the hole with this kid anyway and me and trip and him are all calling and um we get some birds working and we're hunting i'm just gonna go ahead and tell you it was like an oxbow type of lake which is something that i really don't hunt, hunt a lot hunt a lot right. yeah and i know a lot, of people, a lot of people down south do that's just not my territory so, uh, you know, we've got birds working and landing, whatever, and we kill a handful of ducks. I mean, in any other day where we killed a handful of ducks, it would be a slow day for me and Trip. We were right. kind of like, I mean, we did not kill our, our eight mallards or our 12 mallards for right. all three of us, but we did kill some ducks. And we're like, oh, man, that's kind of a slow day. And this kid, we, we didn't say that out loud. That's just. You're just what you're thinking. You're feeling yeah. it. You know, you kill five or six. You're like, slow day. Yeah. Well. I'm telling you, Lauren, this kid is so excited. We kill like the first volley. First of all, we're shooting terrible. I'm shooting awful. Um, I, it, it was not great shooting at all. Well, we like three or four ducks fall from this big, first pig group. And we're like, you know, Trip looks at me. And I can see the disappointment in his face. And this kid goes, <laughs> that rain out was awesome. He whips a GoPro out of his bag and puts it on his head, Lauren. <laughs> he was so enthusiastic and yeah. just loved the hunt. And uh, he kept telling us all these stories, and man, I mean, he told, we were complaining about the decoys I had set out, because I've, I've got some new bowling decoys that I've made myself, and I don't have a complete dozen yet. So, I, we've been hunting old plastics of mine, and they're just, yeah, they're wonky. <laughs> well, but they're still expensive decoys. Well, I, we're complaining about these decoys the whole time, and he's like, man, I won a dozen flambos at a waterfowl expo they are so nice i'm so excited and he's like i got a dozen decoys too and i was just like holy smokes you know yeah. just the gratitude and i felt I was just humble it was very humbling to, it is to hear it really is and i think like as much as i preach i used to say on my podcast all the time like don't take it for granted don't take it for granted but you get caught up in the moment and it happens for sure and so then to have, like, an experience like that, and it's like, like I said, like, you want to slap yourself in the face and be like, look at this kid right here. He's ecstatic, and you're just, your shoulders are hung, you know? Right. Pick, pick your shoulders up, LB. Stand tall. Stand proud. Yeah. <laughs> well, then he tells me at the end of the hunt, tells me he trip both. He says, this was the most memorable hunt I've ever been on. He was so happy. 
And I was like, that was, it was so special. And Kate did do good that morning. Kate had like a hundred yard retrieve. She did good too. Yeah. And it's always fun to take the dog. Like anytime that River gets to go, I'm ecstatic. And I'm, I'm so glad you brought up River because I did post a Q&A on my Instagram and someone said, okay, like, tell me the story of being a dog handler and how you got your dog. So tell me the story of you and River. Oh, Maggie, man. I wish. I, I love my dog. He's, he is my heart and soul. He's my best friend. I'd say, you know, dogs are a good judge of character. And people say, you know, humans are a lot like the dog and the dog's a lot like your human. And I see myself in my dog. <laughs> like, sometimes we act a little bit similar. <laughs> but with all this being said, I wish I would have known now about a duck dog what I wish I would have known then what I know now about a duck dog right. when I did get my dog. Like, my next one I will do correct, I guess you would say. And not that I have a bag dog or anything. I love River. He's been to Canada and picked up a thousand plus birds and hunted in the woods with me. He he goes everywhere with me. That's one thing I do love about him. But we, we slacked a little on force fetch and, you know. It is what it is. Right. And he's he'll get a little stubborn sometimes. He's a dog. You he's know, I dog. have to remind myself of that. But my next one will be a female and uh, she will go to the trainer at six months old. Well, that's, that's one thing I did do, right? I got a female. And first of all, no, take, to take away nothing from Big Riv, we love River. We do. If we had to have a boy dog, I'd want it to be River. Yes. So I got River from just a lady that bred labs, purebred AKC, registered labs, um, South Mississippi. And I had been telling my parents, I was a sophomore at Mississippi State. We had just, we had a 16-year-old lab we had put down the Christmas before. And I told them that whole spring, I said, I'm getting a dog. I'm getting a dog don't you get a dog we're we're moving into a different house they were building a beautiful house they live in now and uh don't you get a dog we we don't have any dogs right now we just put rebel down we don't have any dogs we don't want a new dog in our new house when you come home in the summer i kept telling them i'm getting a dog i'm getting a dog so it was easter sunday maggie i told them i had to be back at school early and i drove all the way to the coast like five hour drive it was a two hour drive back to Starville. I drove five hours out of the way and then back to Starkville. And I think I, I timed it perfect because I didn't come home for like two months later. So I had River in Starkville with me. For perfect. Like, yeah, two months. And, you know, just really didn't post any pictures of him. I would FaceTime Lindsay and be like, don't show mom and dad. Here's my cute little puppy. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, when I came home for the summer, I walked in. We were living in a rental house that summer, and then they were moving into their new house they had built that I didn't even get to live in because I was in college. And uh, I just walked in carrying my bags and had River trailing behind me, and I was like, y'all, this puppy just followed me in. Like, <laughs> No way. <laughs> yes, I did. And my dad believed that story for a little while, and then uh, the breeder posted a picture of him. Right. His first duck season he had picked up, like a mallard or something and I took a picture and post and posted it and she she reposted it and his puppy picture and my dad was like I thought this dog followed you in the house here's him at a breeder well technically he did follow me in the house <laughs> just from my truck yes <laughs> that's what I should have said <laughs> yeah but I mean he's gone everywhere with me since then he's been to the beach he like I said we lived in Canada he made the trip up there and that was awesome. Something I'm really grateful that 
Adam Campbell made sure he was ready and took care of him. Adam's awesome. Adam is awesome, man. He's a good man, good dad, good husband, and on top of all that, a good dog trainer. I agree. So he was, uh, I said, Adam, River's got to go to Canada, and he's going to hunt with clients, and like, he's got to be on top of it, you know? We're going to be killing in Canada. He said, all right, drop him off with me. I dropped him off February 1st. He was two years old. I picked him up. This We left for Canada on like Friday. I picked him up that Sunday before. Wow. Yeah, it was rough. I had moved out of mom and dad's and like was living on my own. And so I was like, I won't, I miss my dog, you know, and it was, especially after having him at two. And I think that's why I kind of say now, if I would know what I, if I know now what I knew then, I would have. Six months old, when I'd come home that summer, he should have gone to the trainer instead of hung out at mom and dad's with me for the summer. Right. But it is what it is, you know. He's his goofy little self because of all of that. <laughs> he is uh, personified. He would be Forrest Gump, as Lauren likes to say. Yes, He's I a silly, goofy boy. Call him Forrest Gump. Like, he will look at you with this face and, Mama, I love you. Mm. I've been running. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is the silliest thing. And... If anyone listening has met had the chance to meet River, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And I, I love River. He's a good boy. And Kate. him and Kate get along. That's what I was about to say. Him and Kate get along so well. And they're just little besties running around the yard. Little, come over here. Come over here. <laughs> <laughs> they are besties. And how old were you whenever you got River? Let's see. 20. Yep, because I'm 25 now. And he's about to be. Yep, he'll be. He's five. The dogs that we get in our 20s, we always think we're raising dogs. Those dogs are raising us. Yes, they are. Literally, I got Kate when I was eight. No, I, was, I just turned 19. Yep. The dog that I've hunted over throughout my adolescence tore her ACL in the same week. Yep. So then you're just... So I'm like, I'm upset, and now I cannot hunt over Sissy. I'm tore up, and so I get on the internet. I'm searching for a... By the way, it's COVID. Like, it's, it's uh, October of 2020. So uh, I'm I'm just dying to find a dog, and I can't find one anywhere. And just looking, that's when Lindsay also, my sister, told my parents, I want a dog during COVID. And they ended up with two puppies because they couldn't pick a litter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, they sound like my parents. Literally. Okay, so anyways, how did, so you're looking on the internet, can't find anything. Well, Sissy was a English lab. Okay. I, I was just, you know, I, one thing about a Williams, this is something that I've got from my father. Whatever we have in our mind is the only way it's the best like i whatever when you set your mind to something that's it yeah and if i you know i I drive a chevrolet truck and in my mind chevrolet trucks are the best trucks in the world (laughs) whether they are or not i don't know but it's mine i love it yep so that's the way i was with this dog you know okay since he's a a female black english lab i'm not gonna settle for anything less wow i'm calling every kennel in america i'm offering to ship dogs from north dakota to arkansas Mm -hmm. i will and everyone's like oh i'll get you on the next litter we can get them in you know the springtime and i just was not going to cut it so i'm on the akc website and i just searched labrador retriever and it literally said no results found i like filtered female and the age and it said you like suggestions you might like yeah and it was a beautiful little golden retriever female did you just like you're just scrolling you have this i think you know like i'm shopping i'm shopping for a black blazer you know and then i come across a a red one i'm like Oh, I didn't even know I was interested in that. Like, right. just catches your eye. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. And I was honestly being 
so pretentious about this dog deal. I had like a backyard breeder try to sell me a dog, and I was like, no, 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 no. I want champion hunter, black lab parents. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was being crazy, honestly, so out of pocket. And I see a picture of Kate. I ask no questions. I see a picture of her dad. Her dad has a ribbon by him, and I see a picture of the mom. And I was like, that's all I need to know. I paid my deposit on PayPal immediately. Immediately. And I ended up with this little red dog. And I think she hung the moon. Right. Of course we do. It's our dog in our 20s. The dogs in our 20s really do deserve the best. The dogs with no yards deserve the biggest yards. Absolutely. And I think that the dogs in our 20s will be running around in heaven with the biggest yards. And we'll see them again. That's true. Your dog, I, I love that saying, actually, because I do think that there are times... You go through things in your 20s. I've talked about this with anyone in my life, but like life is tough, man. And you're going to go through things in your 20s with a cute little dog next to you. You can get through anything. Oh, I agree completely. And that's for me and Macy Watkins and Lacey all got in a debate on whether or not dogs go to heaven. You know, the Tyler Childers song, Can I Take My Hound to Heaven? Yeah. So anyway, I was like tore up one day and I was like, I'm telling you, I am taking Kate with me to the <laughs> gates. When they see her, they'll change their mind if they don't let dogs in. Yeah. So, you know. I think he does. He created them. That's what I said. That's yeah. what I said. <laughs> but, so I've also gotten the Q&A. Someone asked from a female perspective, what is a necessity for a first time duck hunter? Like, what is something you need to go out and buy right now? Man. A good pair of waders is the first answer. You just got new waders. I did. And can I contribute to this statement and say that I feel like I helped? Absolutely, you did. I told my now boyfriend, Grant, I said, um, I didn't know that I needed them. But you did. (laughs) Until I put Maggie's on and now have the next week went and got myself a pair of shin waders. Yep. And I don't like, I hate when people just push 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 a product and if shin waders aren't the ones that are comfortable for you then just find a good pair of waders i think that that is an important piece of duck equipment you want to be comfortable right and if it's not waders let's say you're hunting in a blind for the first time got a nice stride levy a good jacket very warm i also have a trusty pair of wader pants that i kid you not maggie i have had since i was 15 what they have got to be 10 years old no way. They don't even make them anymore because they redid them and the straps and everything. Really? They've got to be. That belt loop in there is just twisted and twisted. <laughs> I have worn my shin wader pants for the last three years, every day of duck season. And I was turkey hunting out west. Yeah. Did you wear them out there? I did. I wore them beneath my wader because I was turkey hunting. And like, it was the weirdest deal ever. The Platte River got out. So we were turkey hunting in mud. Nice. And I wore my... Um, waiter pants, turkey hunting as well. I do. Lo- I have a pair of shin waiter pants, and big fan of those. They're very warm. So warm. I got a little hot in them because right now in Arkansas, temperatures aren't what we love. You know, upper forties, right. fifties. But yeah, I've been hoodie hunting. Hoodie hunting. I like that. Yeah, I brought a jacket one day, and that was the day that we walked like nine hundred yards in the mud, and so I had it like on a D ring hooked to my backpack. And uh, it never got put on because it got sopping wet because I got, like, chest-deep in water. Yeah. So, I think the question, our Q&A, the equipment, waders are important. But also, I think back when I first started, Maggie, I didn't have anything that I needed. My dad was not concerned with, is she comfortable? Is she warm? You know, here's a jacket that's a 2XL. I was eight. It was way too big, you know? Right. He didn't care about that. And it was more... 
I think if you just go into it, the first, the one thing an op- a duck hunter needs, first time duck hunter, man, woman, the one thing that you need is an open mind. I love that. You just need an open mind. Like, go into it with, I know nothing, and I'm willing to learn everything. I love that. Because I think that's another thing, and I don't want to get into the politicals of all this, but people try to think they know everything, and we don't. I don't know everything about a single thing. I know a lot of things about a lot of things. Right. I don't know everything about everything. And that is something I need to remind myself. We can always learn. I've been saying... I. The, I ask this question every day. What'd you learn today? Tell me one thing you learned today. I learned that Farmhouse Cafe was bussing. Exactly. You know, and it's just something we can challenge ourselves and learn something new every day. We can learn something new about duck hunting every day if we really wanted to. And I think whenever I was younger, whenever I was like 17, 18, 19, I was so intentional about learning, about learning. And my little brain was like a sponge. And yeah. I think now that I'm 22 and I've kind of reached young womanhood, I think now that I have learned, and I've got so much more to learn, I'm not going right. to say I don't. You get comfortable. I get comfortable, and... It's like we're in this groove. I can I can blow my duck call finally. I can chatter. I can load my own shotgun. You know, you're growing into this hunter, and then you kind of get stagnant. I think men are the same way, too. It's like those ducks are... You know, I think I was listening to someone during this first split. Someone said, oh, those are January mallards. And I'm like ducks adapt and change like we also have to adapt and change our way of hunting like y'all stood next to this same tree for the last six years like and on that note we are going to transition to our commercial break if cowboy boots are on the holiday wish list give the gift of tacovas their western boots for men and women are handcrafted from top-notch hides in a variety of timeless and fashion forward styles they'll have everyone on your wish list saying yeehaw or Stop by your neighborhood Tacova store and shop the finest leather and western goods in the land. Start off gifting season on the right foot at tacovas.com slash Maggie. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash M-A-G-G-I-E. Don't go gently, y'all. Water's different. Water looks different. Ducks are changing. Like, you got to change and adapt with them, too, and learn something. You know, maybe they didn't like your hail call. Right. (laughs) I agree completely. And I think it's so funny that you brought up now we can load our guns. There's a very funny story I have relating to that. Please tell me. I was probably 16. And 16 was the year that I was able to drive. So that was the first year I was really hunting places without my daddy because I could go drive places, you know, that he didn't need me to. Same. So, uh... I remember I was with a young group of boys that were about my age, and I had a guy ask me, he said, you want me to load your gun? <laughs> and Lord knows me very well. And I was way less feisty then. I was honestly a little pageant girl. Like, I was much more um, proper. And I, I Proper, feel- that's a good word. I almost said polite, but you're still very polite now. It was just, now you don't, you don't take no smack. Right. And I was much more <laughs> reserved then. So this was crazy for me to say back then. But he said, you want me, you want me to load your gun? And I looked at him and I said, you want me to load yours? (laughs) (laughs) I was so aggravated. That's incredible, Maggie. Like, I have to use that. You really should. You really should. That kind of made me think of another story. I was, my uncle, we've got a family farm and uh, he had brought some customers that he works with and employees, blah, blah, blah. They came up to duck hunt and he asked if I would duck hunt with them. None of them had really been before. And 
you know, so I'm in there and they're just mind blown. A, a woman can blow a duck call or mm-hmm. put her own waders on, you know, and they're just giving me smack in the duck, in the duck blind. And uh, I'm just looking. I'm always, I want to be the first one to spot a duck so that someone's like, oh, like she's paying attention. She's watching. She can see, right. <laughs> you know. So I'm looking. I said, uh, single. This man says, actually, not recently. I just got a girlfriend. <gasps> and I said, no, I wasn't asking <laughs> you if you were single. There's a single duck out there. No way. Yes. That's insane. No, not recently. That was his reply. No, not recently. That is so funny. Yeah. Just the, the audacity of some people. I, I, I have gotten more bold in my old age as I try to say that 22 years old is old. It's not. <laughs> but we, Lauren, we act like we're so wisdom up. <laughs> yeah, we're not. I'm going to look back on this podcast and be like, dang, girl, you knew Jack Squat. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> but there's another morning that you did not go hunting with us and during this first split. And I thank the good Lord you were not there. Um, anyway. I'm, yeah, because I'm a little bit more outspoken than you sometimes. You are. And um, I would have lost it. You would have lost it. Because <laughs> you lost it. Because I, essentially I lost it. We're told we're going to go in there and we're going to kill 40 miles. There's 10 people. And I was like, great. And I arrived at the hall. I arrived at 530, okay? I'm like pep on it. I'm yep. the... We're the second crew, breakfast crew. We, we yeah, we went to the quick stop. And we brought some Red Bulls, you yep. know, and uh, <laughs> we get there. And there's 20 people in the hole, and I was like, "Holy smokes!" I don't know any of them. I only have like one connection to the hole. But um, anyway, we have people arguing. There's one guy in the standing up in the middle of the hole. First of all, there are two decoy spreads in this <laughs> hole. Lauren, I don't know what is going on, but there is a huge miscommunication. There's so many chiefs. Not a single Indian in sight. So that's when it's bad. That's when you have to tell yourself, like, okay, I'll be an Indian. Like, tell me what to do. Yeah, and and that's I, I struggle with that, but I was really just keeping my mouth shut. Yeah. Well, we all get set up, and essentially, you know, we're in our half moon formation. Everyone's lined up on the outside of the hole, and one kid goes to sit in the middle of the hole by himself, trying to prove a point. And so it's like a firing squad. And I was like, this is where I, this is where I need to leave. It's He's, dangerous. It is dangerous. And I was thinking, you know, I had a, I'm going to brag on myself a little bit because I, I was proud of this and I, I am proud of this. Opening morning, we hunted together and with a few more people than we thought so. For sure. And it did. It, it had me a little nervous. I don't, I guess in my older age, I am, um, you know, you start really thinking about things and you stop being a kid anymore and realize that. Things can happen. Accidents happen, and it can be deathly, and something bad can really happen, and you don't want that to happen to you or anyone you're hunting with. But opening morning, we were just hunting with a lot of people, and some people we didn't know, some people we did. And right before everyone was about to go to their trees, something in me just said, you know, make a speech and pray over everybody real quick. And, and I said, did. I did. I said, hey, if y'all don't mind, I'm going to say a quick prayer, but before we get started, you know, we're all here for the same reason. We're all here to have fun. Watch where you're shooting, shoot your lanes, pay attention to what's going on, and let's kill some ducks. Right. And I think that's exactly what I said. That's exactly what you absolutely. And then just prayed, you know, like, thank you, Lord, because we should be, man. Like, we're lucky to wake up in the morning. That's the hardest part, waking up at the, you know, in the middle of the night, and then to see the sunrise and be lucky enough, like, we're just blessed. 
We are blessed. In the opening, we were hunting with such a crowd. I literally stood. There were three rows of people on trees. It was that condensed. I didn't shoot my gun open in the morning. I was on the second row of a duck calling and shot callers. Right. Which I, I enjoyed it. I pulled my camera out a couple times. I got to toot on my duck corn. I tooted on my duck corn. I left my gun on my tree and I tooted my duck corn all morning. Exactly. And it was fun. It is. And I do. And watching other people shoot ducks is really cool to me. Don't get me wrong. I love. I think that next day, maybe a couple of days after, I, I got mine. Right. You of know. Course. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get ours. Don't yeah, worry about us. For sure. You know, and that's one thing. I do very much enjoy hunting with you. I know a lot of people are like, does Maggie even hunt? Do you even hunt? Do y'all do this? And I'm like, look, there's one thing about Maggie Williams is you don't have to worry about her. Oh. She's going to stand by a tree. She always keeps her face hid. She blows her duck call when she's supposed to. And she's going to shoot. Like, <laughs> she's, she's going to shoot. You don't have to worry about Maggie. And I, I enjoy hunting with you. I think that's so nice. I love taking my sister and Savannah and some of my friends that don't duck hunt a lot. Right. But, you know, I... I was worried about Savannah falling in the water last year. I was on Savannah's first duck hunt. Exactly. And, you know, I don't, I'm like, oh, Maggie's out of the boat. That's her tree. You know, I don't, we don't think twice about each other hunting together. And that's really nice. That's hard to come by even with men. And, you know, some men are picky about who they hunt with as well. And I'm like, I don't mean to be, but I am. It's just, it's the way you interact with people and, you know. We have a deathly weapon in our hands. I want to be around people I trust. And <laughs> well, Spencer Halford, a good friend and mentor of mine, told me once. I was in Spencer's living room. Love Spencer Halford. Very he, good man. He's the best. And uh, I I actually brought you up. We were talking about hunting and girls hunting. I said, oh, I love Lauren because Lauren can hunt like a boy. Yep. And he looked at me and he said, I have something I want to get through to you and Lauren. He said, the standard is not hunting like boys. <laughs> There's a lot of boys that don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that's a powerful statement. Because forever yep. I was just wanting to be equal with a boy, be equal yep. with a boy. And then last week we got 20 people in a hole and I'm telling one boy, shh, easy, easy. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know this guy. Exactly. I have no, first of all, I have no reason to be telling this guy what to do. Yeah. But it, it's... As I've gotten older, I've learned, yeah, manhood is not the standard. No, no. I want to literally. <laughs> That's so funny. Manhood it's is just, not the standard. It's really not the standard anymore. No, I want to, at the end of the day, I just want to be a good hunter. Yeah. I want to be a good conservationist. I want to be good to the things that God has given me and, you know, be a good hunter. <laughs> right. And- one thing, and it's not that hard. You it, know? It's not that hard. It's really not that I'm thinking hard. Like, like, there's a few and far between great hunters. That's true. They barely make good hunters anymore. <laughs> We've got a lot of hunters. There's a, there, Right now, there is a lot, lot of, of hunters. hunters. Be a good hunter. I agree. A and respectful it, hunter. Yeah. And if you're really on top of your game, you'll be a great hunter. I agree. Let me ask you this. We uh, we were talking the other day. What do you think makes a, a duck killer? Someone that just, when you think of kills ducks, what is that clarification? Whenever I think of the men in my life that I know, have, that I've been around, that I've been blessed enough to hunt with and share trees with and learn from. Is it big numbers? Like they've killed 100 ducks in a day? They've killed... To me, it's the consistency. It's consistency, and there's uh, my favorite word in the world is woodsmanship. I agree. 
and to find men that have true woodsmanship and a knowledge of the bird, of the water, of the land, you know, and to know there are so many working gears that have to go together in order to have a successful duck hunt. And for, for someone to be able to read ducks, to scout the land and know, okay, ducks are going to want to come in here and they're going to want to come in here this way. Yep. So because of that, we need to set up this way. And I feel like men that have that woodsmanship are such good leaders that if a man in a group truly has such good woodsmanship, people listen. Yeah. You know, and, and it's a natural leadership. It's not someone being the loudest in the group. It's just someone you naturally like flock to or look up to because of their woodsmanship. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, oh, I'm proud because I can walk these woods. Like, no, you just, you, we, you walked in here and you got us in here and you never even talked about it. Right. Grant impressed me so much the other day. We, we had a little late morning and uh, we ended up walking in. It happens. It does. And... He never picked up his phone, Maggie. He never blinked. He never... We walked 600 yards in, duck hunted, killed our eight, walked straight out, same path, past the same tree, same everything. I said, you just impressed me. Like, you that don't, is impressive. You don't realize what you just did, but like, there are few men that can still do this, you know? And I, I agree. I think that it's the woodmanship. I gotta, I gotta brag on my dad. My dad's a good hunter. He's still... He's got his tree stand in his backyard today. He's a lazy <laughs> hunter now, but he's still a good hunter. Right. <laughs> um, and he deer hunted and he duck hunted. But the one thing he was really good at, Maggie, was crappie fishing. Really? They. I, that's just, I guess, springtime, you know, summer. That's what he did, crappie fished. And he still to this day can tell you, and he's just memorized it. He'll say, on April 15th, the, the lake's going to be at this level and the crappie will be in this pocket. And it'll be... A thousand trees out there, but one tree, he'll say they're on that tree. Right. And you go over there, and they are. He just said, you know, you know where those fish are going to be. You know the water level, where they're going to be. And I'm, in my head, I'm thinking, that's how I want to be with duck hunting. Right. I want to know those little things that can just tell you back to back to back. Like, that is so cool. <laughs> oh, it is cool. It's it's knowing what's going to happen and why. What, yeah. what makes it happen and why you feel this way and why you make that conclusion. And there's a lot to learn. Yeah. And it's like, okay, the temperature's this, the river level's at this, this year. Duck numbers have been like this. Okay, well, next year when it's at the same thing, we know it's going to be like this. It's just, it's interesting if you really, like, take the time and a lot <laughs> in one way that i've matured as a hunter whenever i was younger especially the 18 19 age was man i'm telling you i, I just engulfed in it i, I, I still am engulfed in right. it but i threw all caution to the wind yep. i was like forget it anything else can go i got an invite to hunt very 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 south of the mississippi river okay where it meets the gulf okay and i was told we're gonna get into the we're gonna get into the teal but girl you have to bring a boat we don't have a boat down here i said great i'll drive 12 hours and i'll hook up to my dad's boat <laughs> and i'll bring one other girl with me and we will come hunt with you two strangers and that's exactly what we did oh. and this guy i did not even barely know from adam's house cat i let drive this mud boater across the mississippi river and we first of all it's a windy day mm. That Mississippi's scary. They call it the mighty Mississippi for a reason. The barge waves were higher than the boat. And I'm telling you, Lauren, first of all, it was right after a hurricane. And so on the way down there, there were cows loose everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, hurricane just came through. They had just gotten cell phone service like two or three days before we made it all the way down. 
And I'm telling you, we get down there and uh, we swamped this gator tail. Oh. We, it, was a, it was a prodigy boat with a gator tail on it. And we swamped this boat. And my phone is toast. I'm 12 hours from home. I'm pulling my daddy's boat. And we almost die, essentially. Literally. I'm thinking that, I mean, if we did not have an automatic village pump, we would have sunk that boat. And all I can think of is like, what are we going to tell, what are they going to tell my parents? <laughs> what am I going to tell my daddy? Well, what, what are they going to do? I won't be around to do it. Because <laughs> I'm not going to be around to do it. Because I'm not going to make it. Yep. I mean, we are covered. We're just taking a beating. And I just thought... Lauren, I didn't wear my life jacket on the Mississippi River. Maggie, do you remember me opening morning? I was I was in Lil Wyatt's boat, and I kept saying, "Wear your life jacket; it can save your life." Wear your life jacket; it could save your life. Yeah, you did not have your life jacket on, Lauren. I, I will. I'm pretty proud of myself for that too. I will wear my life jacket. I haven't worn my life jacket unless whenever I was a youth hunter, I wore my life jacket. My okay. dad, my dad made me wear my life jacket. But as I got older, it was just like, they're not comfortable. I don't want to wear them. I know. And I have gotten so many comments on videos. There's videos of me where uh, my papa had rigged up this tiller handle to where the kill cord, it wouldn't work. Like, for some reason, it was kind of funny. So, he just rigged it in there. That way, you never took it off. You didn't wear it. It was always run. It was just there. And I had a video, and it has like 4 million views (laughs) on it, of me not with a kill cord, but with it rigged up to the tiller (laughs) handle. And I'm just like, looking back, I thought, you know, I was a... 17 year old girl what was i thinking like because now we look at it like anything could happen and i do wear my life jacket when i'm alone if i'm hunting alone i will 100 percent wear my life jacket but i just thought i need a life jacket to wear every day lauren i know like your seatbelt and your life jacket kind of go hand in hand they do they are essentially the same thing because my dad always tells me i know you're a good swimmer i know you are but if you're knocked out you can't swim and you have that life jacket on it'll hold you afloat Funny story, I'm not a great swimmer. <laughs> Lord, I'm not a great swimmer. Um, like, I can swim for sure, but, like, don't race me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll tell you this. We were we were early goose hunting this year, and we were hunting graders, first of all. Kate is a 60-pound dog. Kate's a timid dog already. Yeah. Kate will pick up ducks. Great. She'll pick up a speck. Okay. She will not pick up a, a big honker. A she, big honker. She picked up two big honkers, and one of them was really uh, crippled. So it was fighting her, and after that, she would she not was done. go back. But we were hunting over water. Okay. Well, the rule is, if your dog won't get it, you have to. This was a banded goose. <gasps> and whether it was banded or not, we were going to still go get the goose, obviously. But it's like extra pressure to retrieve this goose. Right. And I have sent Kate 10 times on this goose. And she'll <laughs> back. Back, Kate, back. <laughs> please go. <laughs> please get this goose. in September in Tennessee. And I'm telling you, this dog, she'll swim up to it. And it'll flap its wings. And she'll turn right back around. <laughs> and I was like, golly. So I keep on debating. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in. And, uh... The boys look at me and they go, Maggie, can you swim? <laughs> yes, I can swim. So I finally <laughs> jump in and I swim after this goose. And I got the goose. And anyway, the hunt was over. I mean, I was talking <laughs> You were wet. soaked. Yeah. At least it was September. At least it was September. But we, anyway, we retrieved the goose. But they're like, Maggie, you kind of look like you couldn't swim. And I thought, honestly, I think I forgot how for a second. I was so It's nervous. been a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's like riding a bike. I was saying the other day, I don't know if I know how to ride a bike anymore. Oh, I could ride a bicycle right now. I mean, I'm sure I could, but it's probably been 10 plus years. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I could ride one right now. I could pop a wheelie on one right okay. now. That's fair. Yeah, for sure. 
So one one thing I wanted to bring up on this podcast, I'm going to pull back up our Q&A really quick. Yes, please do. So I have a woman asking on my, on my Q&A, thoughts on all the trendy hunters flocking to Arkansas now that it's popular? Ooh. I was actually listening to a guy on TikTok talk about all the turkey hunters in Tennessee. He said every license plate is Arkansas. And I think it's just in today's time, people travel to hunt. Back in our parents' day, my dad did not leave Mississippi to hunt. It was a special thing to go to Alabama and kill a a deer, you know? They didn't travel like we do. My dad also went to deer camp in Alabama. Exactly. See, like that was a special treat, an out-of-stater. But he hunted the same hole in the same WMA every day duck hunting. Right. I was actually telling my dad the other day, I said, man, if social media got deleted, how many people do you think would still hunt? Men and women. Right. Grown, young. I said, I could delete everything right now, and I'm still going to hunt as hard as I do. Absolutely. And and I've had someone ask me that question recently, and I said, social media is the way I make my living. It's something that, but duck hunting is what I did before I had to make a living. Yeah, exactly. You know, I. I made a way to love my job, and I don't work a day in my life. I know, and you know, you and I talk a lot about this. Like, I had a guy tell me, he was kind of talking smack to me about how I make a living. You know, I I work for myself, I'm self-employed, and do marketing for a bunch of different companies all over the board, bucking bulls to hunting industry, um, a coffee company, a construction company. If you need something marketed, I can sell it. Right. So... Anyways, uh, he was kind of talking smack to me about how I made a living. And I said, look, you could have done it, too. Right. You we, know, we were, just, <laughs> we were go-getters. Yeah, you could have done it, too. And I'm sorry that you're sitting in an office nine to five every day of the week. But you had the same opportunities that I did. You could have done it, too. You just right. didn't walk through that door. Whenever I was in high school, I, my mom and daddy were telling me, girl, you're going to have to figure it out. Girl, yeah. you're going to have to figure it out. And I'm telling you, I just... In high school, I was ornery. I missed school all the time when I went duck hunting. My dad said, you have to figure out what you're going to do for a living. I said, Daddy, I'm going to duck hunt for a living. And he was just like, girl, good luck. You know, but not, <laughs> they, aren't, they aren't making any more bill dances. You know, you don't, right. this isn't an option. It, but my parents were also very encouraging of me and my dreams. I will say that. But it was just hard to see, you know, how I was going to get it together. That's at that what point I was about to ask you. I remember, so when I first graduated from Mississippi State 2020, it was covid you know, I really didn't, I didn't have any clue. And Spencer Halford called me and he said, uh, do you want to come work for me? I'm like, doing what? You know, and helping him with his marketing and social media and some projects he was working on. So I did. And I was, you know, you're in the hunting industry. You're hunting more than you ever have. And I remember my dad used to tell everybody, oh, she duck hunts for a living. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my daddy does the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, no, it is way more in depth than that, you right. know, but... Yes, I get to do things that I enjoy, and my job aligns up with the hobbies I enjoy, and I get to work in my hobbies, and that's really cool. Right, but just because we work online just doesn't mean we hunt because we can share it online. Right. That's just, that's just how we afford to hunt. Yep. And, you know, they always – I love this quote by Dolly Parton, and it said, you know, from a very young age, you could ask her what she was going to do, and she's going to go to Nashville and be a big star, and everyone yep. laughed at her. Well, it's like, she knew. Yeah. You know, everyone told her, no, you can't do it. Well, I just knew from a young age, hey, I'm going to duck hunt for a living and I don't care what you say. Yeah. I'm going to figure it out somehow to make money and do the things I enjoy. Yeah. And it's possible for, and and that avenue looks different for everyone. Yes, it does. What, like, and I, 
I don't want to say manifest, but like you have to speak it into existence so that you work towards that. You know, you've always had this dream. So then it's like, I'm going to work towards it. However, that looks like whether working with brands or your podcast or mm-hmm. all of the above. Well, I grew up and I thought TK and Mike was the funniest thing in America. <laughs> and I just want to be a little comedian duck hunter too. You know? <laughs> yeah. and, and I'll never forget, I was probably 16 and I was in ag class. And, you know, the projectors that the high school teachers would have and you could have it on their desk. And basically whatever you had underneath this little camera would show up on the big screen. Yep. I those was, were the days. Those were the days. <laughs> well, my ag teacher had left the room and he was running to the office for something. And one of the boys I went to school with had got one of my videos on TikTok, one of my funny little duck hunt videos, and put it on the board was making fun of me. Mm-mm. And just telling me I was making a fool out of myself and that, you know, this was dumb and blah, blah, blah. How many times has he been in the DMs since then? I lost count, <laughs> I lost They count. are the ones that always come running when you... The boys yeah. that made fun of me for duck hunting are begging for a spot in my boat today. Yep. And that's just the way things are, you know. But the naysayers that tell you, no, you can't, no, you can't, no, you can't. They're going to say, man, I wish I would have. Yeah. And I, I agree with what you said about that avenue looks different for everybody. Because I didn't have dreams to be a, a duck hunter. I enjoyed hunting and everything that came with that. I want to say, like, my parents used to joke all the time. They're like, you're going to be the CEO. And now I kind of look at it, I'm like... I am. You are the CEO of Lauren Brady Company. Exactly. And I'm a businesswoman, and that is so cool. And, yes, that aligns with hunting and bucking bulls and things that I enjoy. But, you know, I set my goals for that, and that's what I'm doing. Absolutely. And I've got another question on the podcast. Let's hear it. It's from a a young woman, and she says, how did you learn to blow a duck call? (sighs) I never stopped learning how to blow my duck call. No, and we're still learning. I want to get that. Teal. Uh, My teal is not great. Trip is in the room and he's laughing at me right now. But I, hey, listen, I'm the teal whisperer. It don't sound good to your ears, but the teal love it. I was telling myself, uh, you know, you love this joke, but you know, we all talk different. So every every hen's gonna sound a little different. I'm I'm a little raspier than some others, but. And so so, is, so is my voice. Right. Your, your voice and your duck call is very raspy. Exactly. Man, so learning to blow a duck call. I want to say, Spencer cut me my first Rolling Thunder. I told him I just wanted one when I first started working there. But get you a duck call. Really, most people start with the J-frame, but I just pff, went straight to the brute. I remember you told me that you started on a cut down. And I was like, whoa, she's a baddie. Literally started on a cut down. Still can't blow a J-frame. Um, I mean, I can a little. It don't sound good now. Now that I've learned to control my air. Right. But and then I think, man, Maggie, I started with YouTube videos and I would film with my phone like someone else when we were hunting and then go back and listen to that and try to make that same noise. That is so true. I did that probably first six months, probably first year. And then I finally like, (laughs) I'm going to tell you this. Hudson Cutbirth is a little kid that hunts with me he started hunting with me when he was 12 years old. I just took his senior pictures this year. Oh. Ain't that crazy? Being blow a duck call. Really? And he has been able to blow a duck call since he was before he could walk. And I remember I called him. This was probably 2018, 19. We were going hunting. And I said, we're going to, I want to blow a duck call. Like, I want you to teach me. And he would start working with me. And then when we went to Kansas, I would send him videos of me and be like, what does this sound like? What does this sound like? He helped me a lot. I'm not going to lie. And then just different people. I'd sit down in a shop like this and be like, 
let me toot on that duck call and tell me what it sounds like. You know, yeah. just, and I think one person, you should never, ever, we talked about this last year, never, ever practice in the duck call with a group of men. Right. Because then they're all going to try to give you advice. You need to sit down, either like you get done hunting and you're in the truck with your buddy, practice there. Be like, hey, what's this sound like? Blow it in the truck, just the two of you. We're going to keep trucking, you know? These dogs going to hunt. Yep. This dog will hunt. My Aunt Lynn always says, now get your chickens in your wagon and you keep pulling. I told her, I said, I think I got ducks and a goose in my wagon and a wheelbarrow going out, but I'm pushing. (laughs) She said, at least you're still moving. I said, oh, yeah. That's right. So if you see any hubcaps out there or wheelbarrows, send them Lauren's way. For you. Perfect. Thank well, you for having me. Thank you for being here. I have very much enjoyed this and just love talking to you. I think you're wonderful and I admire everything you do because I don't, I couldn't do it, you know? Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. I always say, I think Lauren Brady hung the moon. If you have to say otherwise, I don't want to hear it. We do not want to hear it. I know. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, there's one thing about Maggie. I said, I admire her so much because she's going to, she's going to tell people. Your comments on TikTok crack me up. Someone asks a question, she's got to an answer immediately. <laughs> Someone's telling her she's wrong. Nope, she's right. Check your because we're gonna check it before we post it because we do not want you calling us out anyway. So I promise, if there's something out there, we're not doing it wrong. Oh, I stand on business. I we stand on business and Benjamin Franklin's. We that, that that's a great way to close this podcast. Yeah. We stand on business and Benjamin Franklin's. <laughs> Love you, Margaret. Thank you for having me. I love you, LB. I'll <laughs> see you Saturday. Woohoo! And don't forget, guys, that the Maggie Williams podcast has officially launched merch. The link is in the podcast description below. It's also in the link tree in my Instagram and TikTok bios. So you can shop my merch at www.themaggiewilliamspodcastshop.com. Thank you all so much. It's a huge blessing to be in this position, and I give all the glory to God. I'll see y'all same time next week.